A two-year-old boy vanished while playing in his backyard in a neighborhood located just outside of Tampa, Florida. He left without a trace and his parents would continue searching for him for nearly 19 years. His remains were finally found hidden near a home across the street from the home in which he would have grown up. Matthew Allred was born to his parents, Vernon and Virginia, on May 26, 1971. By January of 1974, the family was living in a small neighborhood outside of Tampa, Florida, and the residents there claimed that the neighborhood was a very tight-knit community. From the descriptions I can find, this absolutely seems like the type of classic neighborhood in which neighbors would just leave their doors unlocked, mingle amongst one another, and generally have no worries in the world. Vernon, Matthew's father, was a war veteran who now found a job working for a trucking company. While he was away, his wife would stay home and take care of the kids and all of the housework. She raised their four children, including Matthew's three siblings, 12-year-old Cindy, 7-year-old Gregory, and 4-year-old Terry in the family's home. Matthew was regarded as being a very outgoing child. He wouldn't hesitate to just walk up to strangers as he just had a general love for nearly everyone. He loved playing outside and would often do so with his older siblings keeping a close eye on him. The family had developed a strong bond with their neighbors, and across the street, an older couple named Ronaldo and Mary Pays would always have the kids over playing with their ponies. Matthew was obviously far too small to ride the ponies, so he would usually just play with Ronaldo's tools while the others played with the animals. Just about a week before Matthew would tragically disappear, Matthew's father presented the young boy with his very own pair of cowboy boots. The boots were a little bit too big for him at the time, but he fell in love with them immediately. His mother said that he would wear the boots at all hours of the day and would cry if he ever had to take them off. When it came time to go to bed at night, his mother would take the boots off and place them right at the end of his bed so that they would always be in his line of sight. She'd always just tell them that he could put them back on when he woke up in the morning. January 27, 1974 was a day just like any other. The kids had spent the majority of the day playing outside, with most of the afternoon being spent playing on a swing that Vernon had tied to a tree in the backyard. When the evening rolled around, all of the kids came back home for dinner. Immediately afterward, they all ran outside once again, with Matthew following closely behind. It was about 5.15 when Matthew's mother gave him the go-ahead to go play on the swing for a little bit longer. By about 5.30, Virginia had just finished up cleaning the table and all of the leftovers from dinner. Vernon headed outside to move a trailer into the yard, and when Virginia stepped out of the door, she asked Matthew's siblings where he had gone, but no one knew where he was. Vernon hadn't seen him in a few minutes, but everyone said that last they knew, he was out playing near the swing set. The family would spend the next half hour looking for the boy, with Virginia's sister-in-law helping to look as well. They couldn't find him inside the house, around the yard, or anywhere else in the neighborhood. Before long, Vernon thought it would be best to call the local sheriff's office for help. But before we keep going, I want to mention that this video is sponsored by MyDogTag.com. This website allows you to create all sorts of custom dog tags for various occasions, and they've just launched a new COVID-19 dog tag that lets you input all your vaccination information. Now, these tags don't suffice as legal proof of vaccination, but they're great to carry along with you just for a bit of added assurance, or just as a novelty. The ordering process is super simple, and you even get to see what the tags will look like prior to ordering them. 
The thing I love about these tags is that they are very high quality, and you can even put these cool silicone bands around them to make them a bit more comfortable to wear. Check out the link in the description if you'd like to order a pair of your own COVID-19 dog tags, or any other custom dog tag from mydogtag.com. But let's get back to the video. Just a moment later, Vernon noticed that an ice cream truck had passed by around the time that Matthew had disappeared. He and a neighbor flagged down the driver and asked if he had seen him, and he explained that he had seen him just a few moments ago. But he turned him away because he had no money. The ice cream driver went as far as to drive around the block several times, hoping that Matthew may hear the sound of the truck and come running once again. However, Matthew never came. Police would search the surrounding areas at all hours for the next three days. They searched a three square mile area around the home several times, but found no evidence of Matthew whatsoever. It was at this point that the sheriff's office concluded that this was not a simple case of a child running away from home. They believed that the young boy had likely been abducted. The FBI got involved shortly thereafter, but they weren't able to find any evidence that a crime had actually been committed, so they were forced to hand the case back to the local investigators. Officers said that they had absolutely no leads in the case, so they had no way of knowing where to begin searching. It wouldn't take long before the case ran completely cold and investigators were forced to suspend all activities on the case. Matthew's disappearance would sit dormant for another 14 years. In June of 1990, Ronaldo Pays, the family's longtime friend and neighbor, passed away at the age of 73. After this, his home would be nearly abandoned by everyone else in his family until 1992, when his daughter began preparations to list the home for sale. One of the first means of business was to have the septic tank cleaned out for the new owners so that the plumbing system would be fully operational before the house was officially listed for sale. A young 19-year-old who worked for his father's plumbing business was tasked with cleaning out the tank. He arrived on December 31st, 1992 and began work. He located the tank and began pumping it out when he noticed that something that looked like a small coconut had been dropped inside of it at one point. He didn't really think much of it and continued to pump the tank, but before long, the line got clogged. When he cleaned out the clog, he removed what appeared to be a jawbone from the pipe. As he kept digging, he would remove another bone, as well as pieces of ribs, pelvic bones, and leg bones. The young man was shocked and didn't really know what to do, so he frantically called his father, who then called the police. When officers arrived, they were tasked with sifting through all of the waste by hand so that they could collect every piece of evidence they could find. As they dug, they uncovered a small pair of pointed cowboy boots, the exact same size that Matthew would have been wearing. As they investigated the area around the home, they found that one of the inlets for the septic tank had been removed at some point in the past. The concrete cover was completely missing, and the port had been covered with dirt and glass. Investigators theorized that this port would have been used to place the young boy inside of the tank. Matthew's father was able to positively identify the boots as the ones that he had purchased for his son all those years ago. Police considered this a positive identification for the young boy, and it seemed that at long last, Matthew was finally found. By January of 1993, Police reclassified his death as a homicide. They said that the bones showed no signs of any serious injuries, but they admitted that someone had very clearly tried to hide the boy's body. The sheriff said that there was no possible way that the boy could have gotten into the tank of his own free will. The opening was far too small, even for a boy his size. Police also revealed to the family that they'd found evidence that suggested Ronaldo was likely the person responsible for the young boy's death. 
but they refused to tell the family what this evidence was, and obviously it was never revealed to the public either. Naturally, the entire family found it very difficult to believe that Ronaldo could have been capable of such a thing. But it just goes to show that you may never truly know who your neighbors really are. Matthew's parents say that finding their son's remains has brought them very little comfort. They say they've been living with guilt about what happened to him for nearly two decades. And while this does bring them some sort of closure, it's a far cry from allowing them to finally accept what truly happened and move on. But that's the video for today, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to hit that like button. If you loved it, maybe consider sharing, subscribing, or clicking that blue join button below to really show your support for the channel. But I've been Ty Knotts. You guys have been lovely, and I'll catch you in the next video.